You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Podcast. Welcome to the Shutdown Podcast. You are listening to the Internet's only college football podcast. Uh, and as always, the cicadas, our co-host, the cicadas, and other various nightlife. <laughs> so, there's something. Uh, there's something in the background there that sounds like some sort of like howling mayhem. Do you hear it? Like I uh, so on on my recording device, I've just figured out which nozzle it is that controls my personal volume, mm-hmm. um, and my personal volume also includes the creatures of the night. So. Sing yeah. for me, my now angels. They, now they come and go at at my whim. <laughs> that is the, the that is the mellifluous voice of my co-host, Jason Kirk. Jason Kirk, h- how are we tonight with with all of your wilderness friends? Well, Spencer, that's nice of you to ask, uh, and I think my answer is dominion over all living things. He's like Aquaman, but for bugs. What a terrible, terrible superhero that, that like would be Ant-Man, but for everybody. Oh, okay. So, like, not Ant-Man. But, oh, I get it. Yeah, literally, the Aquaman's power to control fish, but you control, like, beetles. Yeah. And roaches. Are crawdads subject to Aquaman's powers? Are they borderline? I would think I mean, I think that's, God, like... This is where we need Godfrey. That's, like, that's like golf, golf man, right? Mm. Like, Because I don't, I don't know if Aquaman can control rivers and shit. By day, he's Todd Gulfman, a mild-mannered oil and gas baron. 
Aquaman, rivers, and lakes. See, Great see Lakes here. Great Lakes Man is my favorite concept for Aquaman, because Great Lakes Man's like, oh, I got some walleye. It got looks, some pike. It, it, really it, nice. it, as far as I can tell, Aquaman's river and lake jurisdiction sort of comes and goes, depending on the needs of the story. I mean, he could probably figure out, figure it out, a, like, gulf-type creature. If you could control all the snapping turtles, you would be a terrifying human being. Now just imagine being able to control, like, crawdads at full run in a creek. Where's Creekman? I want the powers of Creekman. Listen, if he can control crawdads, that man is public enemy number one oh, of Louisiana. Oh, crawdaddy. So I googled Creek Man and what I got is a wall of Google images that looks like knockoff Aquaman. It's a dude with long hair, beard, covered in tats, who if I if I just glanced I would say, Oh, this guy's trying to be super tatted Aquaman but his name is Creek Man. What are the odds of that? I wonder if that's just a destiny thing. Creek Man's got some extremely problematic opinions. That's just what I'm guessing. He's probably not politically aligned with Aquaman. That's what I'm saying. He's like, a little bit of pollution's fine. Make you stronger. Make the crawdad bigger. Holly, you are joining us tonight. Um, yeah. How- hey, thanks, guys. Good to be on the show. Yeah. How are you? I don't have dominion over all living things, but other than that, I have no complaints at this time. We'll work on that. I By what? Making me talk about my football team? Do you think you can hurt me? I said living things. Oh, you should have gotten to me earlier, man, if you wanted to hurt, you, if you wanted to hurt me. The half-dead would not be included. Oh, this is not the first time we've said this on this show, but Tennessee football is like a third-degree burn. And yes, I know where I speak. I can see that my flesh is charred and pulling away from the bones, but nothing hurts. So it was a great weekend for Tennessee football and for many other teams, obviously. But I do feel like we have one enduring, one salient theme to cover for the weekend that was. You promised me you were going to read the Kentucky box score aloud. I will read the Kentucky box score aloud. Like a bedtime story. It is on a here. Shivering child. And I will read it to you. But there are there are marvels. This was a weekend of revelation, marvel, and wonder. We just came from D.C., so. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Dumb comics. But instead, we're going to be covering things that I think might even be too fantastic for the comic world. Jason, it was a special teams weekend. That's right. It, uh, so ordinarily a football weekend, we could consider it a teams weekend because mm-hmm. there are many teams playing, dozens and dozens of teams. In fact, this weekend, more teams than usual as of late. We'll get to that. But not just for sheer quantity was this a special teams weekend. Nope. In fact, it was the acts of the special teams themselves that was truly special. Uh, Spencer, you have dubbed this Knight of the Punter. Knight of I th- the I Punter. Think her- <laughs> Knight. Though I think that encompasses ah. more than just punters, right? Oh, Yeah, but Knight of the Punter rhymes. Yeah. So. It's like a reference to, you know, an old movie. It's It rhymes. It's, like it's totally some split zone duo shit. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Knight of the Punter. And also the kicker. And the morning of the punter. And the kicker. And it's, it's really an all-inclusive special team. Just go with it. Just go with it, y'all. Listeners. It certainly feels like the twilight of several things, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it feels like it feels like the twilight of me ever watching Penn State again without thinking of <laughs> Don't a, you threaten me with a good time. A very specific noise. And that would be the noise of the missed field goal in the second quarter 
win at the very end of the half. And, and did they not – have they never watched an Alabama football game? That's what I have a question on. Because if you don't know – Which, um, congratulations yeah. if you haven't. Uh, it is 17-7 going into the half. Indiana is leading. If you've been asleep for the past 48 hours, let me tell you something. Indiana is leading. And there's a plot twist at the end, brother. But we'll get to that in a second. There is one second on the clock that James Franklin has fought for. And because, again, he's never watched Alabama play football and doesn't know what a curse it is to ask for that one second. And Indiana has fumbled, giving Penn State the ball and a shot at a 25-yard field goal attempt, which they take and miss. But not just miss. I've never thought I could hurt a field goal being described as missed with gusto. I I don't really know quite what to tell you about what this exact noise is. I'm going to try to play it as loudly on my computer as I possibly can so you can hear it. It is a gunshot. It sounds like... That sounds like a celebratory cannon. It sounds like one of the cannons in the 1812 Overture. It sounds so... You, know, you could stop mashing your face into the keyboard and we could ask our producer if perhaps we could get some audio from this game. That's technology. Okay. That's too much. Okay. I'd rather beam it straight from the internet through three mics. I'm just to... a guest. The... It is the worst field goal attempt I have ever seen, not by missing, but by enthusiasm of not making it at all. I really thought the goddamn upright was going to fall off. It made the best noise. If if you're listening, FS1, and you actually mic'd the football and then put microphones inside the, the, the uprights, right? Like, there's probably some PA somewhere who was like, yo, dude, listen, you got to put the mic in the upright because, yo, if it hits... It's going to be banging. It's going to sound like the end of the world, dude. It's going to sound like a truck hitting a garage made of other garages. Like, it's going to sound awesome. And that PA, when that happened, was like, I told you. Oh, my God, I told you. If you've ever backed, not disastrously fast, but a little too confidently into a big concrete upright in a parking garage, mm -hmm. you know this noise. Yeah. If you've ever heard the noise of a very closely mic'd garbage can hit on a wrestling program, that is this noise. Now, when a team misses this badly and with this much enthusiasm, last time, I because I, I thought, I have heard a noise this decisive before. Mizzou, South Carolina, overtime, 2013. If you'll remember, South Carolina is about to lose. Uh, Mizzou are about to tie and go to another overtime on the road against Mizzou. And Mizzou absolutely hammers the attempt against the left upright. It's always the left upright. And the noise it made was melodious. It was like, boom! It was like it hit Big Ben itself. That was the last time I heard a field goal this good. Ah, what a delightful thing. And instantly I thought, there's no way Penn State's winning the game after doinking a shot that hard. This is all by way of saying the entire point of the story is not just that missed field goals that hit the upright and making a tremendous thunk are amusing, but that I'm brilliant and I see things before they happen. Jason, the night of the punter was not just limited to this. What else do we have? Oh my gosh, where to begin? Uh, so we have four items on here uh, in terms of special teams treasures. And the number four is a key number because within our four, we have an additional four. 
the Rice Owls attempted a field goal. Fairly mm-hmm. normal thing. Not that they don't attempt all that many of them because they usually aren't in range of one, but they did attempt one. And it too produced a doink. Not as loud at first as the Penn State doink. However, it was able to multiply. It added to its number with a second. What it lacked it in quality, one, it made I up believe, in quantity. That's right. It, it 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 wasn't a cannon blast. It was it was a it was a three round burst, but not just three, four, a four round burst. This is like a struck. Gatling gun of field goal attempt. Yeah, I, it, I, did it go crossbar? Cross? No, it went it went uh, upright, upright, crossbar, crossbar. Do I have that right? It went it from if you are watching from the mind's eye, looking from the end zone out towards the field, or from your television. Yeah, from your television, from the angle it was broadcast from, right behind, right. Like if you're the net. It went left upright, crossbar, right upright, crossbar, and then short. Bounced onto the field and short. Now, at this point, we have to dredge up perhaps the oldest bit of full cast lore we have ever had to drag up from the lake of our collective memory, predating, I think, even the notion of the full cast itself. Was this an EDSBS live rule? Might have been, yeah that and this was i believe you were the author of this rule it was me or doug or me and doug in some combination Mm -hmm. that came up with this but yeah we had a set of we had a a very early version of how would you change this game back Mm -hmm. in the halcyon days of the early aughts and our uh our contention was this that if you hit if you kick the ball and you hit both uprights and the crossbar you win the game yeah, it's like the golden. It would snitch. make game. It, it's like a snitch rule. It would make things more interesting. Like teams like Rice could just camp out uh, in field goal territory should they be lucky enough to get that far, uh, and just bring in the best trick shot kickers they could because it's way easier uh, to get a ball into a very large open space than to get it into a pole, let alone three poles let alone three poles plus one bonus hit i had one suggestion you have to call it it's like a pool shot oh i like that you got to call it ahead of time and then then you can get the 10 points or the instant win whatever you like right i think if you hit four i think if you hit three it should be four if you hit all four you instantly win the game which if you if you rice would have won the game if you hit four call it or not that is a that's that's a conference championship because like, <laughs> nobody's ever done that before. And also, who cares who wins this conference? I'm sorry. Yeah, um, it's, <laughs> you can say that. It, like, it, it, what? Rice is Sunbelt, correct? Oh, wow. No. No, I got it wrong. Yeah. So, oh, so now we com- have shifted the, uh, the, the Conference USA legions who mm-hmm. are, were upset with me. Now you have taken them onto yourself. So, so See, thank you. Team, team player. Team player. So, yeah. Uh, who cares? Conference USA, that's fine. Conference USA fans would probably be like, yeah, give it to them. That's I mean, spectacular. I like, what is the, the collective Conference USA mindset? Like, you know, like, like, there's like 10 people who root for the SEC these days. Like 10 years ago, it was, it was, it was thousands and thousands. And now there's just a few dorks left who do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like ironic ACC fandom is, is a thing. And like Big Ten fandom is, that, that is, big boisterous swelling uh but like you know conference you like the mac or the sun belt you could be a mac hive you know you you, you could be a we Sunbelt certainly fan. have been in certain years mm-hmm. conference yeah. usa that has got to be the one that is least likely to attract a 
conference-specific Homer. Yeah, because even the American, you know, even if it's fandom that is set up not so much as rooting for one thing as is in opposition to just a general power structure, that's probably where you're going to draw most of, like, the rooting for the underdog for the underdog's sake crowd, right? Yeah, yeah because the AAC fan, they have it in their head that, like, whichever one of us makes uh, makes it out of this hole is going to, you know, drag the rest of us up out of it. Can We're I? so close. I was going to ask, is the American Conference the one that is the most, listen, son, whatever you have to do to get out of this town, do it. Because <laughs> the bottom here is real low. And once you're down there, it's hard to claw back. Oh, out. yeah, that's Cincinnati as hell. <laughs> but, and I think it's, I, I think the, the mindset is like, you know, as soon as one of us makes it out, that's the path, you know, and then we're, we'll just follow that. And then there's kind of the Mountain West thing where it's like, now we're good. There's only room for two conferences here, and we're the second best. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah, 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 please. Here, have a seat. We're going to be skiing in three months. In three months, we will have forgotten all about this, and we'll be skiing. We have another one on this list that I think is absolutely magnificent, and that I will. I'm going to ask because I only saw the play, and it was I was gobsmacked when I saw the replay, and that would be the Texas Tech punt, where if I have this correctly. Punting from one end zone, clear through to the other. Almost, yeah. The It was officially an 87-yard punt, but in terms of actual distance traveled, it Good was... God! Yeah, it, so he, he launches it from about the five, and it goes over the West Virginia return man's head and bounces into the end zone, keeps bouncing. I would guess it went at least 110 yards before it stops rolling. Um, the all-time record for this is going to be difficult to top because the all-time official records from 1950, it was 99 yards by Nevada, I believe. Um, but in, ter- in, in just in terms of actual ground covered, I, I mean, I by mean, Lubbock standards, that's not a huge wind. I mean, total coverage on this punt is, is over 100 yards. Yeah, right. Like the thing the thing rolls off camera. <laughs> the, the ball, the ball, the ball literally. I appreciate exits it stage making left. a graceful exit. Like the the ball could still be rolling for all we know. It's like a fucking cartoon tumbleweed. Hey, Lubbock's real flat. It could go a long way. Yeah, that's, yeah. Somebody in New Mexico is like, I saw the ball a rambling. Just kept on going over the horizon. They say it still roams these plains. Just these rolls 30 up years them. later. <laughs> Just tips into the Rocky Mountains and then kind of just rocks back and rests in place. <laughs> well, hey there, little fella. Need some water? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then like some like Paul Bunyan punter picks it up and blasts it right back. <laughs> oh my God, Johnny Coaching Tree. <laughs> oh my, like Austin McNamara. Outstanding work, young man. That's incredible. Not often, by the way, for for the eight to nine sickos I know who are all about punting. And by eight to nine, yes. I mean Robbie Calland, uh-huh. uh, specifically. Uh, people who, when they see the big punts, just, you know, it's a special spark lights up in their eyes because they're deranged. This, this was for you. And this is, this goes beyond like the, the, the Big Ten punting fan because, like, you mm-hmm. know, Big Ten fans, you appreciate punts, but you like it because no points are being scored. We're referring to people who specifically like punting. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this, yeah, sickos. Sickos. Yeah. D- disease, disease, perverts, all of them. Uh, finally, there was love y'all. Uh, finally, there was in the Boise State game a punt that uh, 
I didn't really think I was going to uh, ever see, which is the rare punt to the direct back of the skull of the up man. This was like the quad doink, but with people. Yeah. Yeah. This was, if you could, you could not have done this on purpose, right? Like it's just not possible, but they, uh, Boise's punter just blasted the back of the dude's head and it went back the other way. So he too kicked it into an end zone. Not, not the one you want to kick it into and not necessarily his entirely his fault <laughs> but i just want to know what the sensation was in that young man's head when he felt a football impact the back of his head and he had to be like oh it's like the sopranos finale yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> just, oh god because <laughs> he may not know where the ball went but wherever it went it was bad everything at that moment uh happening was very very much bad i think this concludes the night of the punter. I think we have been, I think we've paid enough respect to our, our beefy, flexible, talented boys mm. in special teams. Yeah. I, made, I made that sound way more erotic than I had to. No, no, I appreciated it. I mean, we're talking about punting, so it's, it's difficult to, uh, it's difficult, it's to, make difficult it to capture the full eroticism anyway. Mm. And, you know, I wanted to see if we could sort of combine. A couple, a couple of things tonight. Is this? Are are you? You know what? Just keep talking. You'll see where I'm going with this. God, I hope not. Because if you don't know, our our sponsor is Homefield. That's right. Bring the crickets. Oh Jesus Christ! Spencer's got an ad read. It's not really an ad read. Ryan, where are you? It's not really an ad read. Ryan's off tonight. Yeah, this is a problem. It's not really an ad read, but it kind of is because. What happened this week, Danielle? We flipped the script. We are on our way to 8 Windiana. That is correct. The dream of 9 Windiana, not logistically possible this year. The schedule itself, it's only eight games. All you got to do is cut the neck out of those 9 Windiana shirts, turn them upside down, and wear them like a 6 Indiana tube top. Or take a Sharpie. You could just take that eight and kind of, or nine and just kind of. I'm know. using the Sharpie to make mine into an Inch Deanna shirt. Inch Y'all, we can do 11 Windiana here. Oh, hell eight, yes. Eight and no, Big Ten Championship, playoff semifinal, national championship. Aim well, I, high. Goes, I was going to say, why well, go small? Aim high, also, like Boise's punter should have done. How about we then, Indiana then joins the FCS Spring Ball League? Let's go for 20 Windiana. Okay. 20, <laughs> and then they play in the NBA. 21 Deanna. And then by the time that shit ends, let's just count all of that as the same season. Let's go for 32 Indiana. Infinity Deanna. Yeah. It would only be fitting after a century of futility that Indiana football went on like a 70 game winning streak. Ain't been futile in this heart. They hey, they'd be downright futile in the cruelty they showed to their subjects, like Ohio State. <laughs> you heard us, Buckeyes. It's on. That is correct. Um, this weekend, Indiana won a football game, so that's technically a home field ad by itself. If Indiana wins a football <laughs> game, sorry, Connor. I uh, no, he's not. No, he is not. Oh, he's hungover, but not sorry. No, not one bit. No, nor is anyone else who is an Indiana football fan. Which constitutes, I think at this point, uh, most of 
the national media. I'm I'm going to start completely in the tank for Indiana football. Yeah, we're feeding this conspiracy. We're what conspiracy? Operating behind the scenes to pivot Indiana from regional power to college football super power. Very very far behind the scenes. After all, if we're going to be accused year after year, week after week, uh, of doing everything we can to lift up your team's enemies uh, and put down your team's allies, by God, we ought to actually try it one year. I was overjoyed. This was this was in a weekend of a lot of blowouts. Like there were a lot of extremely lopsided games that did not necessarily provide uh, the anticipated or even an acceptable amount of entertainment. Right? There was like Alabama and Clemson both played in blowouts. Just nothing interesting happening there whatsoever. The super weapon, it gained super power. Is still charging. Yeah. It gained. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot, lot of charge, a lot of friction there that builds up charge. It's like the Black Panther suit. The more punishment that you dole into Pit, the more it will release on someone later. Now, which yeah. someone? It, it, so oh. instead of instead of the Black Panther suit, it's the sky blue Panther, the Pit Panther. That's right. Actually, no, they were wearing the trash bag uniforms. Yeah. True humble, gritty football team. Yeah, Pit looked like stormtroopers at Zumba class, and Notre Dame looked like Pit at practice. With shiny hats. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. They were more like the Lack Panthers this weekend. Mm-hmm. God, I man. did it. I did it. Um, but they will. They're, they're still charging, and they will go off on somebody. That was 45-3, to three, so it obviously wasn't this weekend. But I'm saying, in terms of actual competitive football, in terms of suspense, in terms of drama... I'm not even joking. Like, like normally we would go, oh, yeah, Indiana, Penn State, best football game of the weekend. No, for real, y'all. Indiana, Penn State was the best football game this weekend. Yeah, this was a barn burner. Well, and, Indiana, Penn State, I mean, I feel like that often is. I count, let's see, yeah. 2016, 2018, and 2019, this game was had some high drama. There was an onside kick two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Indiana led in 2016. Like, this is one I can't. So I have, let's see, 19 games over the last one, two, three, four, five, six years when Indiana has had some sort of a realistic chance to beat a, a top 10, top 20 team, uh, whether it was a late lead or whatever. Um, 19. And Penn Do State either... features in here several times, and it has finally happened. Do either of you remember the genesis of our particular collective fascination with Indiana? Like, which game it was? Because I don't, other than a vague recollection that it was, like, somewhere in the 2014-15 range. 2014 is the first year I have on here. Uh, Indiana-Ohio State that year. Indiana led number six Ohio State by six points uh, in the second half, and then they lost by 15. And then basically the same thing happened or they, they were leading Michigan State in the second quarter and then lost by 40 points. Uh, 2015 was the year it really took off because that was like every year. That was by then, Indiana having the internet nickname Chaos Team was pretty entrenched. And that was the year where it even came down to their bowl game um, against Duke, the field goal that was That's pretty, the one I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Yeah, it was pretty clearly maybe good. And if we'd had Jimbo lasers on top of those on top of those uprights, then perhaps we could have seen that Indiana did actually deserve that victory. That's that's a copyright. That's a copyright. I, I'm already wealthy, but I'm gonna protect my money. 
Yeah. Call them Jimbo yeah. lasers. Yeah, I, I did. I did, sir. I did. But yeah, yeah so this has been six years of agony for the Hoosiers. <laughs> and what was it? What was the streak? Actually, I have it. The so losses against top ten teams, <laughs> forty one, and and, and uh, you know over the last half decades, most of them were agonizing. Uh, longest such streak ever by a Big Ten team. Obviously, it doesn't mm-hmm. really. Yeah, and Rutgers, but and, and you should know. By last the way, name ever, first name what? <laughs> so Indiana, you should know, completely on script in this game by getting an early lead, despite having absolutely nothing in terms of offense. They uh, still finished with a a total of 211 yards of offense as a team. Um, and that's counting overtime. That's counting OT, because this game did go into OT. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I during this game, when Indiana had 87 yards in the first half and was somehow winning... <laughs> yep. And like it wasn't even a bullshit turnovers thing, because both teams had turnovers. Um I was messing around on Sports Reference to find the last time a team finished with under 200 yards and more than 400 yards, uh, or and allowed more than 400 yards and won anyway. Um, and the biggest disparity I could find on there this millennium was 2004, Oregon, losing despite outgaining a team by 300 yards. The team it outgained was, of course, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I will also say this, that before the final drive and OT, they had 111 yards of offense. <laughs> so, so, so through through the magic of field position, turnovers, timely defensive play, and all around just WTFness in all directions, um, despite being outgained 488 to 211 on the final going into the fourth, uh, they were still in the game, and then what, the script for Indiana. As Connor Homefield's like Homefield's boss himself and diehard Indiana fan said, "Hey, this is what's going to happen. They're going to get a late score. We're going to blow it. That's the script. That's what he said before life decided to renew a faith that had never paid off for him. Because that's what Indiana did. Indiana went and scored uh, a touchdown to go up twenty-one twenty, and then scored again to go up twenty-eight twenty. Uh, and then, for some reason, Michael Penix Jr. remembered how to pass the football, completing five passes on the final drive of the game, getting them to uh, to 26-28, and then converting the two-pointer to make it 28-28 on. That final drive had like three circus catches, at least. It was just one of those drives where everybody decided they, they were going to catch anything thrown in their direction whatsoever kind of beautiful and had that, 75 yards the drive was also preceded by uh penn state accidentally scoring a touchdown mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the point at so, which uh penn state could have which you know it looked like there was a little bit of a miscommunication the player on the way in was clearly looking back at the sideline like shouldn't i be taking a you know like it, it seemed like a communication thing um, you could but see, it goes you in, see the Indiana wheels. signals touch. Yeah, yeah you, you could see, like, maybe they should have made it a lot clearer what was supposed to happen. Um, but Indiana was on it. It being a communication thing does not take away from the fact that it was very funny. Yeah, you can see him go like, 
yeah. like kind of flinched like oh I like i'm not the making game. fun of them at all because they were clearly no. trying to do what they were supposed to be doing there but that didn't happen and the fact that it didn't was very funny can i also say that and i'm sorry jason the falcons really bailed everyone on penn state out on this by doing it in a professional game today the scoring when you clearly when the defense wanted you to score because yeah indiana was relieved that penn state went ahead and scored and extended the game they weren't cheering like the detroit lions were the Detroit Lions defense was cheering when Todd Gurley scored today. Yeah, there, I mean, yeah, there there are no needs for apologies here. I, I am delighted to get the chance to talk about how stupid my favorite football team is. <laughs> also, also, did the professional football player in question also do the exact same cycle of, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Well, like, ah! the thing is, as uh, as Roger posted, we know Todd Gurley knows this rule or this strategy uh-huh. because twice in his professional career he has done the thing where he's like gone down at the one to preserve the lead and not give the other team the ball like he knows the smart thing to do he just kind of tripped and then he falls down and he's laying on the goal line and he's just motionless like if i stay here if i don't move they won't see me if they don't ever roll me over they'll never know where the ball is right like todd Gurley had the right idea he just you know physically couldn't pull it off um with penn state it was more just like no one talked about this. Um, but in uh, Penn State, my favorite part of it is if you watch it, Indiana, number 31, uh, is at the eight-yard line as Penn State's guy is at the two. And you can see Indiana, number 31, just start sprinting because he realizes, I'm going to go shove that dude into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he you can gets actually to the... see the little light bulb go on. <laughs> you, you can see his feet. You can see his feet. You're like Sonic the Hedgehog, like, oh, shit, this is going to rule. I'm going to yeah, shove like him into the end zone. Yeah, like his whole body gives a start, right? Yeah. And yeah. as he gets there, he's the first one to hold up the hand to signal touchdown. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Indiana number 31 was on the fucking ball. Yeah. And, that's... And, it, and it worked. It worked. And at this point, Penn State goes for one. They don't go for yes. two. I remember, so so in the, in the Discord, uh, we got a bunch of smart folks in there. Um, and Spencer and I were like, what the fuck are you doing? And all of our smart friends, you know, are saying like, no, actually this is the right move. <laughs> and I don't know something <laughs> we it, it may, perhaps, perhaps going for one was a smart move, but, uh, somehow we, we sensed that, no, this is, this is an Indiana football game. There is no such thing as smart here. You better go for two. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really, I don't get the reasoning for doing that. Maybe because I am not one of the smart people, and also no, this was this is a disagreement on like a philosophical level, right? This was one group yeah. of people asking, "Did you guys not do the math?" And you asking, "Did you not do the reading?" Right. Like, okay, sure. However, this is an Indiana football game, and it is also James Franklin's Penn State team in a late game situation, which can be kind of freewheeling for such a notorious micromanager. Yeah, yeah, um, can be a little dodgy in terms of of how it gets executed not in the sense of oh he goes for it on fourth down but sometimes sometimes just james franklin just likes to freestyle on it sometimes just likes to you know do a little improv with the numbers at the end of the game it's happened before and based on this it's going to happen again Mm -hmm. so i don't know analytically sure go ahead and make it an eight point lead if there's one thing i love it's freestyling from the guy whose idea of freestyling is to put oat milk in his coffee uh, instead of almond milk. Delicious. Live it. That's why they'll never succeed in the Big Ten. I think maybe my thing is I just think everyone should always go for two, and then we wouldn't have to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the overall optimal strategy? Galaxy brain this. 
So they get to OT, and Penn State scores a touchdown on the first possession of overtime, and or on the as they score one, and then um, Indiana scores. And when Indiana scores, they decide to go for two. I will point out that for any other team going for two at home, um, not the call. But wisely, Tom Allen, again, being the person who did the reading and not the math, said, no, hell no. We're Indiana. We're ending this now. We got them scared. Let's keep them scared. I mean, to me, the logic of it is like, all right, all our guys are three stars. All their guys are four stars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's have this come down to one play instead of ten plays. The longer we're out here, the more we die. That's basically the, the approach. And I love it. Um, and then Michael Penix enters the end zone on a two-point conversion <laughs> with which he? there is no controversy. <laughs> no... I can't, st I can't stand, like, of all the things that I've gotten so completely over, there are two things. One, people, and I've mentioned this, people who take screenshots that you put up and go, hey, charge your phone, dude. I'm like, you're dull and persistent. The worst two things. Like, that's, that's I hate that. The second thing. you should charge your phone. I should. The second thing I absolutely despise strangers doing is trying to argue an official's decision with me. <laughs> because because I know other people, one, might say, oh, I had nothing to do with that call. You can shut them down really quickly by saying that they're right and that you will cor correct it immediately. Yeah, one, I can't do anything about it. Two. No, but just tell them you can. Yeah, but, but fundamentally what people need to understand is I don't care. Like, I really don't. Like, if official makes a wrong call, I'm like, oh, cool, good. That's more chaos. I hope you're mad. It's a better story. I love this. That's great. Go you, Gators. Yeah. Are you angry? Did, did this set something on fire? Is this a great injustice to you? Total stranger invested in a football team that I really don't care about? Awesome. That's, that's cool. I can't do anything about it anyway. If you're making, you know, if you're putting your whole ass on the internet, life's, life's better for me. Keep Folks, doing it. Spencer's really easy to anger online. You can reach him on Twitter at EDSBS. At 38 Godfrey. So, like, and also we're talking about a very cool thing here. Like, this wasn't some shit where it's, like, very prestigial, boring, did the, did the were, were there enough no, wide receivers owned. on the yeah. line? You know, like, this wasn't boring this shit or, cool like, or, like, did the guy get off the field in time before this ball snapped? Like, no, this was the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen. Like, it, it, instantly within 15 minutes, there are, like five competing Sistine Chapel photoshops, you know, like, and that's a yeah. good sign that you've really done something athletic. If that happens, <laughs> that's also like he, the officials would have upheld that call, no matter what the call in the field was, because there was no way of determining whether they were right or wrong based on the visual evidence available. Okay. And of all of the things I hate of all of the mistakes that you made of all the decisions you could have possibly made in that game, to come down to a single, very difficult to call officiating thing and to get mad over that. No! Get mad over three turnovers. Get mad over letting Indiana win when they had, again, 211 yards of offense. That's not on the officials. That's on you. Don't ever, also, don't ever let it come down to the rules. Also, Indiana ever. tried harder. Indiana's been trying hard for a long time. And Penn State, mm -hmm. come on. You were gonna, this stupid shit was going to happen at some point. You do this every year. You might also as well get out of the way. Also, it was a good call. 
got the ball across. Mm-hmm. The spot <laughs> yes, was close. good. As close we, enough. As we often say. Yeah, spot was good. And actually, if you don't like the calls, too bad, because it's forever now. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Shit's at Zales. Yeah. I have a lot of sympathy for officials, too, because, goddamn, they have to deal with college football fans. You know, and they have to God, do this. being on TV has changed you. They have to do this in real time. They were getting this. That was good. You have to work in. You have to work in the SEC. Bought me off. I was actually giving you an opportunity to promo the show because I think you have yet to say that I'm on Thinking Out Loud every Monday night on the SEC Network at 7 p.m. Eastern with my co-hosts Richard Johnson, Alyssa Lang, and Brandon Boykin. The Georgia legend himself. You should tune in. DVR it. Record series, if but you will. But only if you like SEC plants. But only if you like absolute like S- Spencer. Yes, SEC plants like myself. That's um, there. That was good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That was excellent. I know. So yay, Indiana won. Doesn't matter what the officials say. Indiana won. Indiana won. You can take it up with thirty-eight Godfrey if you don't like the call or when- God. Or God. Yeah. Why'd you call God and talk about that? He loves this stuff. I don't. Jason, what else happened? Did we want to do the uh, do the home field ad? Because we were talking no, about no, that, that, Yeah, no. We, we, that we'll was the that. home field ad? That was the home field ad. Hold on. Okay. Do we want to save that for Thursday? We'll save that when for When Ryan can do it. Yes. I was just going by the document. That's all. <laughs> no, we'll save, that. we'll save that for the Wednesday. Wait, there's a document? There is a document. Yeah, I got a document. Yeah, you're shared on it. All right. Well, it's time to yell about the Big Ten then. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, Nebraska got football back. How'd you like that? Hang on, hang on. Hang on. We're heading out to the the lonesome Midwestern prairies, so I'm going to bring in the creatures again. Okay, bring them in. Need some like Swift Jan Stevens playing. I'm so sad. God is dead and I'm cold. It'd be pretty good if I do that, like max volume and like dog walks by and farts or something. <laughs> That's it's <laughs> gonna happen at some point. That would again that would also be very big ten. That would be. <laughs> Had too much cheese. <laughs> dog fart football. <laughs> this dog's this dog's been hitting the provolone. Hey, you guys sound like Dan and Jim. Dan and Jim had a really good weekend. Our two beloved football uncles. I have to say, listening to them was extremely soothing. The first Deerdorf and Brandstatter broadcast of Michigan football this year. A triumphant victory over the Minnesota Golden Gophers for the Michigan Wolverines. Called by Dan Deerdorf and Jim Brandstatter. Uh, calling from an empty Michigan stadium. This is my favorite setup of any broadcast team in the nation ever that the game was in Minnesota and they're like, we're going to call it in the stadium. Which one? Michigan's. The game's not there. So? We know where (laughs) all of our stuff is. Yeah, that's where I left my headphones. That's where we're going to record it there. It was awesome. They watched the game on like a big, they watched the game on like an enormous TV, had their spotters and everything. Honestly, it looks ideal. It looked awesome. Right? They were just like, yeah, this is my house. The stadium. Uh, well, how sure are we that they don't live there? Not entirely. You know where I land on this. I think they have twin beds set up in the back like Bert and Ernie. 
Why would they <laughs> call it the big house if it's not a big house? Well, it's got bathrooms. It's got chairs. I could see a Michigan grad being like, they couldn't call it that if it was a lie. Could they? Yeah, it's it's on the syllabus. Yeah, that's it. Legally, they just couldn't do it. That's Michigan law. Michigan, by oh, the man. way. Michigan law. Absolutely. Michigan. Oh. <laughs> Michigan plastered the Gophers 49-24. Joe Milton looked good. That's Pahokie's own, man. Like, that offense actually looks... Kind of like it was supposed to look with Shea Patterson, and it never really, never really took off. Um, but yeah, they like it's not like Minnesota didn't have their guys looking good. Uh, it's just Michigan absolutely destroyed them, including including a a big man touchdown when a free rusher obliterated Tanner Morgan. He coughed the ball up directly to the hands of an on rushing lineman. Uh, just probably the most like the most beautiful play not involving a punter or a kicker this weekend was probably that strip sack fumble touchdown of Tanner Morgan of Minnesota. But yeah, they looked awesome. And Dan and Dan and Jim were thrilled, even though at the end they did bicker a little bit. They did have a That was adorable. That was. About And they did discuss. Um, They were discussing the concept of what is or is not a rhetorical question and then it led into one of them deciding that it was okay to let off steam at the end of a game and kind of uh, take your foot off the brake. And uh, Jim, I believe, arguing that there's still coaching to be done. And then they got completely distracted uh, right after the snap with like one minute left in the game of saying, Jim Harbaugh is not wearing khakis. Do you think this is a trend? He's got, I think those are Lululemon pants. They decided pants. it was Lululemon pants for men. Which frankly horrifies me on uh, Jim Harbaugh's behalf. Oh, they're cozy. They're super Lulu, cozy. They make Lulu them to fit Lulu you. Yeah. Lulu, right. yes. Oh shit. Lulu Lemon. Is it French? Yeah, Lulu. He was wearing Lulu Lemon pants. We trust them with our fries. That's yeah. It was. Um, yeah, I really felt like you know was college football back. It was still weird, but. <laughs> But having 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 Jim and Dan, having Jim and Dan at, at one point, Dan saying, "I'm not speaking to you." <laughs> when an old man says to another old man, "I'm not speaking to you," oh, that's when the conversation's gotten really, really sublime. Shrek time. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, we did get a sack time too. It was it was. We got three in a row at one point. Yeah. Uh, what else? One of them said we had said we have a firm grasp on the hand of the little brown jug. They actually had two separate arguments during the game over what did or did not constitute a rhetorical question. Wow! Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, Michigan is back. That's like a, actually kind of a, a complicated argument. Yeah, you know that that's like well they had time because again the shellacking. Yeah, yeah. shellac time. Shellac time. Uh, this was also the weekend where. Uh, Nebraska did get what they asked for. They got Big Ten football. Boy, and boy, did they. They got, they got a whole lot of it. <laughs> they also, uh, my favorite part of this game was, uh, let's see, I forget what the exact score was at the time. It was, here we go, 38-14 in the, with about 18 minutes to go. And Nebraska, to culminate a 72-yard drive, boots a 22-yard field goal. Hmm. <sighs> Well, they said they wanted Big Ten football back. So after all that, all after all that football, 
Uh, Scott Frost decided. Okay, whoa, whoa. It's easy there. That's, a, that's enough a football. Hey, Jason, did they score after that? They went on Was to lose 52-17. Fa- uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's his, it's his well, day. Well, Ohio State did. Ah. Yeah. Ohio, Ohio State. State kept scoring. Yeah, Ohio State. Ohio State. Uh, Ohio had, State wanted to play. Yeah, Justin Fields missed one pass. How many did he throw? Twenty-one. He was twenty for twenty-one, and the one pass they missed was a well-thrown touchdown that was uh, broken up by a DB submarining the wide receiver in the end zone and banging his shoulders and head against the, the turf, thus dislodging the ball. Otherwise, an easy TD for. Ohio State, and he's 21 of 21 on the day. I think he'll get over it. Seems fine. They looked awesome. This is not me going, oh, so surely this will come down to Michigan-Ohio State because I don't think that Michigan fans can really take that in terms of a cardiac load or stress on their nervous system. But but I'm going to go ahead and do that because you're going to do it anyway. Because you had a good weekend. I know what you need, Michigan fans. You need this to be complicated by existential dread so there you go just gonna put that b in your bonnet b7 <laughs> just cruising into the ohio state game with with no hope no hope i secretly hope well not just that oh, they gotta get past rutgers rutgers is on a, on a goddamn tear <laughs> this was a great weekend for michigan football undefeated rutgers michigan state had seven turnovers I think so. Michigan State. I feel like your problem is you tried to beat the team from New Jersey with a quarterback named Rocky Lombardi. Mm-hmm. That's a double agent if I've ever seen one. Sleeper cell. Yeah. Just and I think he he did, he only threw two picks, so only two of the turnovers were his fault. But yeah, but they not also, the other five. <laughs> well, they the other five and the other two turnovers on downs. So really, if, if you go nine? for nine <laughs> with like effectively nine turnovers, nine drives that ended with here, take the ball. So you can't exactly call them turnovers, but they're not exactly contesting the giving the ball over, are they? They're no. giveovers. They're giveovers. So yeah, nine, nine possessions in that game. It's actually kind of a miracle given all that, that the score wasn't more lopsided. That's that's what makes me think like, ah. Oh, well, Michigan State, you know, yeah. they're probably not that bad. And Rutgers, Rutgers probably isn't this good. <laughs> well, fortunately, Rutgers will have a very normal time next week because they're playing ranked Indiana. <laughs> what is this game gonna look like? This is let's see, Indiana. This is their <laughs> highest ranking since Jesus, nineteen ninety three. Oh, this is not good. This is not. <laughs> no, what could happen? What do you, what, if Indiana. What do you mean? Here's a sentence, all right? Here's a sentence. If Indiana beats Rutgers, this will be their highest ranking since 1998. 1988. There. <laughs> self-styled, self-styled entrepreneur and self-employed uh, gentleman, Indiana, has just won the lottery. What shall become of his winnings? <laughs> if Indiana can push this into the top 10, that'll be the first time since 1969. God, let's just get Indiana into let's the top 10, and then after that, like, it's all gravy. <laughs> A two well, let's see. We got Rutgers and then Michigan. If you can do those two, it, you might be in. I'd you vote for it. Somehow beat Michigan. Yeah. And you know Michigan fans, like, every single year they circle this. Somebody uh, sent around a uh, survey of Michigan fans from the offseason when it was like, what is the scariest trap game? And they all said Indiana. Well, how much scarier is it now? 
So there we go. I think we've supplied Michigan fans with like ample dread. They're feeling much better now. This is this is by the way nothing but nothing but good for Indiana, right? Because now Michigan's like, oh, we got to take them seriously, as opposed to like, oh yeah, we're gonna laugh them off. Maybe we should take them seriously, guys. They're gonna be like, no, we'll stick them seriously. In the back of their head, they're like, they're still Indiana. I feel like when Michigan takes something seriously, it's like all like all in their head and like fumbling and sweating and. Yeah, you know, <laughs> stammering got, and got a, and, then, got, and it like works its way all the way back around to like, oh God, it's Indiana. <laughs> God, I can't, gotta pass this test, Jesus. <laughs> like the like the thing that will actually carry them through isn't the mental edge at all. Like they'll make plenty of mistakes. It'll just be the fact that like all of the guys on Michigan run a tenth of a second faster than the guys on Indiana. Like I didn't even want to score that touchdown. Something in me wanted to embrace failure and humble myself before everything that I had considered an expectation or a standard, but I'm just faster. I mean, that is what happened to Penn State. They they did try to not score that <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> I think at one point Penn State really did go like, oh God, oh God, this is Indiana. We're going to lose to them. Like that, that went through their head. That had to be an exhilarating moment. A painful one, but an exhilarating one. Like It was like when Florida finally lost to Kentucky. The thought was, oh, this is really happening. Kind of like, pooping your pants you're like okay we're, this is this is real now you mean pooping your pants like after a certain amount you of time a lot like no, there's a reason like like florida loses kentucky for the first time in 25 years or whatever mm-hmm. and then pooping your pants for the first time in 25 years or whatever oh yeah you're like, like well time is a big factor here right yeah it is but either way you're like well i mean it's not as bad as i thought it would be it's however, not as bad as i remember it being yeah but however <laughs> it's still very bad <laughs> There needs to be a word for that, which is this comes up a lot on this show. Again, there are there are reasons. They're mostly legumes and sugar free uh, sugar free sweeteners. Oh right, the sugar free Mentos incident. How could I forget? Sorbitol is a sorbitol is a demon. When I wrestle with it, I lose. (laughs) Speaking of wrestling, we just end the show there. Speaking of wrestling with demons that you lose to, I just wanted to mention one thing: Northwestern. Northwestern beat Maryland by 40 points. Northwestern, who had trouble scoring like four points last year. They they scored 43 against Maryland. And I am just taking this opportunity to say, I don't think Maryland's going to win another football game this year. I think this is 0-8. They're, Shots fired at Alex Kirshner. They're real bad. This is a very bad football team. Like a stunningly bad football team. I feel like Alex has successfully um, reemerged as a Pitt fan. You know, like yeah, we know where you went to school, but <laughs> yeah, we don't hold it's that a, against it's you. It's okay. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my mind, it's funny. I always think of Alex as a Pitt fan, even though I know Maryland yeah. fan. But I mean, come on, it's fine. It, I mean, it, y'all it, don't it, hold it, my school against me. Well, I mean, we're all Pitt fans. This is true. This does unite us. Yeah. So should, well, well, we hold Florida against you and Ryan all the time. That's different. We're consequence free pit fans, which I love because yeah. we can just go like Pitt we're, got blasted guys, this weekend. You guys were pit uncles. We're having all the fun, and as soon as things go wrong, we're like, "Oh, hey, your baby's crying." Pit is actually our child. Like the way you want to be for your child when you're like, "Hey, listen, man, I'll bet on you even if you never win a race." Like we yeah. mean that with Pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. We've done this with Pitt huh. for years, and we anticipate doing it for many years to come. I love, I love you, even if you never, even if you even never though, make it. 
I think you mean even though you never make it, not yeah. even if. <laughs> I think it's because you never make it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 all I wanted to say. Maryland's not winning because man, they are. They gave up 31 first downs to Northwestern. They turn the ball over four times, and even if they score touchdowns on all four of those, they still lose tragically in this game. God, absolutely horrendous. They're going to get <laughs> killed by Rutgers. <laughs> that might be real. We might have done that. The only other big thing, the only other Big Ten thing I wanted to mention is this: that I watched the Wisconsin Illinois game on Thursday night. James Laurinaitis. James Laurinaitis is a great color commentator. He's real good at his job. Even though, yeah, he does look like a Scandinavian detective. Actually, that's a pretty cool look. You know, he just also looks like a Scandinavian detective. But he looked, but yeah, he's he's awesome. Like on the Big Ten Network. He's like baby, he's like baby Spielman. I have one Big Ten Network request. Yes. I think it's real weird that uh, Jay Lehman has grown up here now. Grow it back out. Or at least have the American flag tie. I know, right? Yeah. It just it feels like they've sanded down his edges and that's that's not the, the fluffy haired prince we fell in love with. Yeah. Also, uh Graham Ertz hope he's okay. He tested positive he has one positive test for COVID nineteen. That's Wisconsin's quarterback. And just like, well, Wisconsin is a quarterback, and he's immediately positive for COVID nineteen. God. How'd that happen? Hmm. What else we got? Well, we have Auburn, um, which I know Auburn won. Is that the right word for that? What Auburn did this weekend? Auburn scored more points. Auburn accepted terms of disengagement. <laughs> okay. Again, speaking. This is fair. Speaking of, speaking of, don't is it let like, the. If- it was like a, a. I think you know it. I think Auburn uh, settled its case out of court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nolo? Did Auburn plead Nolo? Because that's what I Auburn's feel like Auburn's investigation did. is ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> late in this game, Auburn, uh, an Auburn returner, uh, the ball hits his hand. Like, I, I, I don't, there's no other way to interpret the hand actually bouncing and shaking as the ball flies by, then the ball hit his hand on the way to the end zone. And a recovery that would have given Ole Miss a score is instead uh, a touchback. Is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah. It, like, hit dude's pinky. Yeah. Like, based on the, the internet Zapruders, I didn't see it live. But, yeah, uh, everyone who was very mad about this um, was very fixated on the pinky. Yeah. This which Auburn, this is Auburn benefiting from a call. In case you don't believe all of our talk of the realities of Auburn Jesus, who again is very real and loves not you, not you, lo- loves Auburn, loves exactly one thing. <laughs> yeah, he loves Auburn football actually, because Auburn Jesus not really there for basketball all the time. Sometimes disagree. Sometimes, sometimes. So I mean, I feel like Ole Miss. Uh, the complaints sort of went out the window as soon as they gave a a, a fifty-eight yard touchdown pass with one minute to go. Yeah, along with a, a two-pointer. Like, true, I mean, again, once that happens, I'm not really worried about the pinky all that much. All teams seemingly remain the same forever, and just in terms of their basic nature, Auburn itself will get a call that um, 
benefits them and is perhaps not accurate or accurately called. But that's okay because Ole Miss will lose all grounds for said complaint by making a huge mistake just seconds later. Which I think is pretty neighborly of them. Also, all things considered. Also by squandering uh, time management on the last drive so badly that Lane Kiffin finished with a timeout <laughs> in the pocket. That was, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh... Can, I, can I redeem this for store credit? <laughs> Listen, the electrical bills. Electric bill's late. It's a little heavy this week. Can I, can I give you a timeout for it? Maybe some gift certificate. He's trying to use it at Sharper Image. Yeah, I need one of those massage chairs. The, uh, I also would say this too that, um, Ole Miss's coach probably has like a Brookstone endowment, right? <laughs> like a Sky Mall endowment. Sky Mall's probably closer. Yeah. 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 I, I'm thinking also like, maybe Billy Reed just makes your shirts, right? Mm. So Lane Kiffin has all these shirts that he's not wearing because he's like. I got all these old Miss baseball shirts. I'm just going to wear these. Because you'll notice people are like, oh, that's so cool. Like Lane Kiffin wears old Miss baseball jerseys coming off the bus. And I'm like, y'all, that was clean. Yeah, it was clean. <laughs> that's it. That's it. it was free and it was clean. He gets all these. That man doesn't have a wife. That was the clean shirt. Look at all of like, you look at a lot of coaches and they're like, man, they're wearing some really cool gear. And you're like, yeah, that's because it was yeah, clean. Do you think they've cultivated a look? Have you met these guys? Yeah. No, 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 no. They did not cultivate a look. They got that in a box, and they've been living out of it for the past week. I believe Matt Rule had not only cultivated the look, but has brought it back. He's wearing the, the smocket. No, that was his wife. Didn't we determine that his wife picked that out? Or did she make him stop wearing it? I forget. It's back. It's back. Oh. Yeah. He's loose. Yeah, he's got a teal smocket. Teal, teal <laughs> tactical combat smock. This. I have not seen this for myself, and I'm so excited to lay eyes on it. Yeah, it's, it's like amazing. A, He's like a commandant in the pastel army. He's like someone trying to camouflage himself by hiding in the 1990s. <laughs> like you a South Beach x-ray tech. You won't be able to find me in a mall. I'm laying Florida. on coastal Carolina's turf. Yeah, he's practically invisible. Um, one more thing for that Auburn game, by the way. Everyone's saying, oh man, Bo Nix really played with it himself and he's fixed. It was Ole Miss. I mean, yeah, he had a clean game. But if you think this is if you think this is a corner that that's been turned, here's a corner. Yeah, call call someone who cares. Because I mean, I each week the the key is this. The bonus key is this. Each week he generates interesting content. This week that content was giving Ole Miss a 58 yard touchdown with a minute to go. Next week, who knows what it'll be? A couple weeks ago, it was inventing the backward spike. It's very fitting for a guy whose name sounds like an app. Also, how are we talking about him and not a running back named Tank, who's good? Tank Bigsby's awesome. Didn't I bring him up last week? Y yes. I think Wasn't I told that he was unremarkable? I was incorrect in saying anything close to that, so a correction has been issued and an apology made. To me, not to, to Tank. To you, no, personally. No, apologize to Tank. I apologize to Tank Bigsby. Always, always err on the side of apologizing to the fella named Tank. <laughs> That's, that just seems like good policy. Mm-hmm. You apologize to Tank, Mr. Tank. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's just keep running. This is him. up there with Jupiter. Get off that swing set. You <laughs> apologize to Tank you, right now. You apologize to Tank. Um, I I want to give you a number, an over or an under. You can play along if you already know the answer. Because I just want to say this out loud. 
Um, Kentucky, did they run over or under 45 total offensive plays against Missouri? I know this already, so I'm going to give it to Jason. Jason, 45, have, 45 um, over, under. Well, you put the answer in the show notes. Did I? <laughs> so I will I will pretend I don't know that, and I'll say, surely it was over. Yeah, we, Jason, it was under. Oh, they shit. They went under. Yeah, they went way under. As in nine under that total, because Kentucky ran 36 plays of offense. That's like that's down there with like a perfect game in baseball, you know, like one <laughs> one pitch swing out, you know, pitch swing out. Here's the sick thing. You could do a 27 play baseball game. Here's the part where I pay off Holly by reading For sitting patiently through that bullshit a couple weeks ago. That's right. Which I told y'all was going to happen. Yep. Which you was made me sit through it anyway. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna read the Kentucky. Get a little punishment. I'm gonna read the Kentucky box score. Ah, this has bombed my soul. Thank you. Okay, because by the way, Mizzou won twenty to ten. When I read the box score, you're gonna say, "How did Mizzou not win five hundred to three? It's actually kind of a miracle that Kentucky kept this to twenty ten. Because first downs, Kentucky had eight. Mizzou had twenty six. Third down efficiency. Kentucky went two for nine, and honestly, I'm surprised. That seems high, considering how bad they were on offense. Passing. Kentucky had 47 yards of passing. That's that's four, seven. Surely this was an Army or Navy-esque display of passing as a utility of last resort for a rush-first offense that's just piling up yardage. No, 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 no. They had 98 yards rushing. 98. That is correct. They averaged 3.6 yards a pass. 3.6. This is fine when Tennessee is spotting you 17 points. That would be fine. But Mizzou wasn't. M- Mizzou, was, Mizzou was doing fine. They had, Connor Bazelak had 201 yards passing. They, and they had 220 yards rushing. Because uh, Roundtree was a, a monster who just had like 37 carries for 3.4 yards each. So, in other words, he was averaging about as much as Kentucky was per pass, per rush. He was a absolute force for Mizzou. Uh, by the way, you surely go, oh, man, maybe Kentucky had trouble with penalties. No, clean game, man. <laughs> they had one penalty for 10 yards. <laughs> and they, did, they had one turnover. That was it. And they were somehow at 17-10 late in this game. Or they were at 17-10 with with just one score between them and Mizzou somehow in the fourth quarter. Wore them out for you, Mizzou. You're welcome. That's not the crowning They they were clearly so... um, They were so footsore and weary uh, with their trampling of the Rocky Mountains that the plains of Missouri proved too... Lofty to scale. Even I don't believe this. I got one more thing. It's the crown jewel of this box score. Go right ahead. Time of possession. Oh no. Kentucky had the ball for 16 minutes and 50 seconds out of 60. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> In my opinion, that's suboptimal. 
<laughs> Mizzou is my favorite team this week because after Kentucky <laughs> just like slowly force fed everyone absolute garbage football as part of the game plan like oh yeah we're gonna slow this down we're gonna give you so much terrible offense you won't be able we're gonna run the clock Mizzou was like oh really oh really oh that's cool we're gonna do the same to you we're gonna hold the ball for 43 minutes for it dare like you to do something how many minutes was that 1650 for Kentucky 4310 for okay. Mizzou it looks like Illinois takes the crown this week with 1632 time of possession against Wisconsin. <laughs> they had the ball for a quarter. How'd that game go? Well, all of the numbers affirm that. <laughs> that's the cross. That's the CrossFit offense. Listen, it's a short workout. It's only gonna be like Illinois Ooh. on the high high intensity interval uh, offense. They are. Cool. Good job, guys. All right, got on the field, got off. All right, keep the intensity high. high thirty seconds on, thirty Indiana. seconds off. Yeah, this is the Tabata offense. Oh yeah, it's the high intensity <laughs> Illinois offense. There we go. And meanwhile, Wisconsin is like, <laughs> oh, we're just warmed up. Yeah, we can do this all day. Well, you got about an hour warm-up, and then there's the post-warm-up, and then you're going to start the workout, and then you're going to need to cool down. Yeah, that's it. They've got the old man workout. They're just over there on the foam roller like, about another 10 minutes on this, baby. <laughs> got a real stubborn one in there. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a knot. <laughs> Illinois is like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Got a punt. Got a punt. <laughs> three reps and then go. No higher than three reps. <laughs> three reps and then then you punt. That's it. That's it. Maybe four reps. You know, we don't want to get too. We don't want to do this for size. We don't want to get too swole. This is a, this is about maximal impact. Mm. Illinois, your cardio is looking spectacular. <laughs> it is. Listen, as long as we don't go over a mile and a half, you're golden, dog. You're great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wisconsin's over there, like I was thinking about doing a fifty miler. Yeah, first ten's really just walking. Go stretch. <laughs> that would be yeah. You got to do the Wisconsin Marathon where just everyone walks. Oh my everyone god! Everyone walks. Wisconsin Marathon miles. is an amazing concept. <laughs> like, can we like do that? Wisconsin, like, oh, we're gonna do the Christmas Day Marathon, and everyone just walks twenty six miles. It See, takes hours and hours. That's the thing is, I think they could be the like Wisconsin Oof. Amble. Yeah, at at, at mile twelve. Gonna break out into a light shuffle. There's a sausage stand. Yeah, that's a light shuffle to the sausage stand. <laughs> yeah. There's volunteers on the sideline throwing like Dixie cups of little Smokies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing you, you. You, it sort of crests the hill, the sausage stand, and everyone like just mm. you see the crowd just pick up the pace. You know, <laughs> the game. The game. Like, where's Illinois? They're like, they quit three hours ago. Uh, they only did this for like ten minutes. I'm picturing like a ground level camera that just captures like hundreds and hundreds of pairs of slightly scuffed white new balances. Yeah. who boy, these dudes support the foot though, don't they? So good. I didn't even know they still made British Knights. Wisconsin Marathon. Uh it's the in, it's in May. For Burger King. It, it, <laughs> God, back to Burger King again. Back to Why does this keep happening? Whoever left. <laughs> When is the Wisconsin Marathon, Jason? I scrolled past it. It's in May. It's in, it's in Kenosha. <laughs> that oh. means that all of the people training for it have to run through the winter. 
Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you'd need to start like by February in Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) That means there's people who are like, I'm not used to running in non snowshoes. Like that's real in some parts of Wisconsin, right? It's people running in snowshoes. Or if this is the Wisconsin Marathon, a gentle amble. Here we go. Wisconsin Marathon finisher goodies. All right. All registrants will receive an awesome Wisconsin Marathon technical shirt, goodie bag, uh, the cheesiest finisher medal on the planet, and access to our post-race brats and beers party. Yes. I just walked 26 miles. Now it's time for my treat. (laughs) Let's get some tubed meats, fellas. My death by intestinal torsion. Hey, no, your body needs protein to replenish. (laughs) How much? Not that much. About 26 miles worth. Yeah, it's, it's measured in length. Oh, it's time to hit the links. He means you know they say if you pulled your intestines out, it would go around the earth and back. That's how many brats I'm gonna eat. <laughs> God, I bet Wisconsin people taste delicious. Mm, fine, smoky Especially after 26 miles of, uh, yeah, of, of brining. Yeah, that, that's it. Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm gonna eat Ted over here. I mean, I'm really going to eat you, Ted. I'd be an honor. Hey, there's a reason they called it the Donner Party. <laughs> Is that our ending? That's our ending. Oh, please, no. I'm going to get emails. No. Donner from who? From, from the Donners? <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. Okay, that's the ending. 